you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well, or at least better, wherever you are than it is here in Studio 66. It is indeed a dark day. Here on the Dave Damashek Football Program, as always, available on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. I hear the cheers, but I don't buy them. Like I say, it's a dark day. Well, listen, for 20 teams, especially for those teams who went through miserable, miserable losses. Yesterday, we come at you Monday afternoon from here in Studio 66 in the West Coast Nerve Center of the NFL, NFL Network out here in uh, L.A. I am Dave Damashek, a.k.a. Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Heartbroken, although cool with the fact that they didn't get in, my team, because they were 8-8 eight eight after all. How much? I mean, listen, I have to have dignity. 500 doesn't mean you deserve a playoff spot. And I'm joined, soon to be joined, by A.J. Hawk of the Green Bay Packers. He was on the victorious side. Before we get to him, though, I feel like there's going to be a lot of misery. I'm not going to jive you. You know one of the rules here in Studio 66 is no jive talk. What, I'm supposed to be happy? All these grown men with their families now, they have to relocate, move, they all get fired. And by the way, how many firings did we need? Was there a rule passed that I missed that if your team doesn't make the playoffs, you have to get your head lopped off unless... You're the Steelers, and it's the referees who take away the playoffs. Otherwise, you're cast aside. Well, also, the Raiders and Cowboys, they're the two. How did those two guys keep their jobs I, when everybody else got fired? I don't know. Maybe by the time you're listening to it, maybe Dennis Allen and Jason Garrett have been kicked to the curb. But I don't think either one of those is going to happen. Let's talk about it now with the man seated to my immediate right. He is now one of the stars of the brand-new NFL.com fantasy podcast. He'll tell us about that more importantly today. He is a Chicago Bears fan. He took them under his wing, or they took him under theirs back in August. And it was a fun season for a while, ultimately. All dreams dashed by one Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. the greatest player in the history of the NFL. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hello, boss. I wish you didn't have me today. Yeah, well, and uh, I wish I weren't here today. I don't like football very much right now. No. I, I mean, hope my I hope my attitude changes. Maybe New Year's Day with all the bowl games will help uh, get me back into the uh, football spirit, but it's a bad day. I'll tell you something. As a man who's been down this path, now I know a lot of people will point out the fact that as a Steelers fan, I have not much to complain about, relatively speaking. You know, there's been a lot of glory, but 
for the record, there's been a fair amount of pain more recently. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, Tim Tebow embarrassed <laughs> the Steelers in their last. The last time the Steelers were in the playoffs, Tim Tebow beat them. Right now, two eight and eight years. You undertook the Bears, though. I, I'll say this: you know, it gets better with time. The wounds will heal. They what? will. They'll callous over. But you haven't been down. You haven't been a fan of a particular team for a little while now. Well, I mean, I've I remember back in 1986. I did not go to school the day after mm-hmm. the Angels were eliminated from the American League Championship Series. And of course, the Angels have had some recent struggles. And I won't really. I mean, but like you with the Lakers, you know, that's an embarrassment of riches. But. The, the big thing for me on Sunday was is I really did not – I've had a good time being a Bears fan and enjoying all the ups and downs and everything. September was terrific it was, for you. It was so much fun. And the Since whole thing, then, not as much. But it, it, it's been cool because um, as uh, I reconnected with my family, you know, nice. uh, over the Bears and everything, which has been really awesome, I was really curious on Sunday how I was going to react to whatever happened. And is it's hard to explain it, but I'm happy to report – that I was pretty miserable, and I'm still kind of disappointed, but I was really miserable. And even, you know, as somebody who, because uh, my wife's a Chargers fan, I wasn't even happy that the Chargers won. Like, it wasn't like a consolation. Like, oh, at least I'm happy. For, like, I didn't. I was like, I don't care. Even the Cowboys losing didn't didn't thrill me. Well, that was kind of fun, but right. still didn't. We have a lot of work to do today, and this is work. Usually, it is. usually it's fun, you know. Our hearts are filled with song. We get to kibitz about football for a living. But now it's work, right? This is when you're going to have to dig deep and perform okay. under adverse circumstances. All right. You know who can be your inspiration, possibly? Who's that? Cousin Sal. I made an appearance <laughs> on the BS report of Bill Simmons earlier today, and you can go back and listen to this. We really hash through, as you and I have, you know, ad nauseum, Peyton Manning and what he's going to do in January and Tom Brady and the whole playoff picture and so on and so forth. But who preceded me, Cousin Sal, his, his wife had their third baby today, and he still got on the phone and did the BS report oh, wow. while his wife was in labor. I think it's admirable. I think it's noble. I think it's inspirational. Mm-hmm. I think it's instructive that priorities still stand for him <laughs> as a Cowboys fan, right. no less, to show up and do his weekly appointed uh, radio appearance or uh, podcast appearance with the sports guy Simmons while his wife was in labor. Very if nice. he could do that, you and me can get through this. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do it. We have another man who's mourning. Um, you know, he, he moved. He grew up as uh, grew up in England mm-hmm. as a, and somehow became a Dolphins fan. And it all led to this, to the to, to heartbreak. Two weeks in a row, too. Yeah. They beat the Steelers on the road. They beat the mighty Patriots. And then they just fizzle out and go nowhere. Also, speaking of those Cowboys, Elliot Harrison, longtime Romo-apologist, now must make apologies, if he wishes, or maybe he doesn't want to, for Romo's backup, Kyle Orton. I would submit this, though, that deep down, Jerry Jones and and a lot of hardcore Cowboys fans, part of them at least, must feel like, in a weird way, good thing we didn't win. Because what a mess it would become for Tony Romo to not be the guy who, if, if Kyle Orton does what Romo couldn't do over the last right. few years, it does make things creepy, and there really is nowhere to go if you're the Cowboys. There's, it's like it, when Steve Walsh won their one game in 1989. 
Yeah. It almost like, oh, Aikman went over. Yeah, but 100 times worse. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, before we get into all that, though, we have a lot to hash through here. Of course, we want to try and look ahead a little bit and celebrate the teams that are in there. And I'll tell you this. I feel like the headline is, even though it's buried way down deep and people, in fact, people are talking about Peyton Manning and the 50-whatever touchdown pad, the 5,500 yards and everything else. People are talking about that, but what the, the the thing that is the lead story to me, when you look at the, the 2013 year in totality now, is after all of it, and it was forever ago that it, things started up back in September, and, you know, back to the draft and the whole year and all amounts to this and the injuries and the terrible referee calls and the bad coaching and bad clock management, all that stuff, and the huge wins and their season's over talk and all that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have their teams one and two in the AFC. <laughs> and has it not been that way now for 12 years or something? Seems Are they like the it. one and two seed every single year they're in the league? Now, it's another conversation how successful they are when they get to January. But listen, a tip of the hat to those guys. All right. Before, see, now, now we're in the right frame of mind. See, we're honoring people. Mm-hmm. And so let's do that now. And let's get to our main man, the 2013 Shecky Award winner for Best Player Guest. It's A.J. Hawk. Let's get to that right now. All right, Rank. Lick your wounds. Your bears went down, but they went down to this guy, the man who won the 2013 Shecky Award for Best Player Guest. He beat some some real luminaries, too. Mm-hmm. He's also now made the uh, the playoffs as a member of the NFC yeah, North aware. champion Green Bay Packers. He should have also gotten a ticket to the Pro Bowl. It's A.J. Hawk. What's the poop, fella? What's up, guys? It's good to be back. I feel like it's been a little too long. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. I don't know. I didn't want to interrupt you in the midst of your, your playoff push. Congratulations, hey. by All the right. way. Thank you very much. It's good to... Good to come on here, you know, after a big win we had yesterday, just a run-of-the-mill victory in Soldier Field. So, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> we're still trying to trying to get a feel for what happened yesterday, but we're glad we came out on top. What hey, a Jimmy, co- we haven't talked in so long, and this is how you want to start off, by taking <laughs> shots at me? As my, no, no. My, my, <laughs> home, my hometown team, the team that I've been rooting Sorry for, for all of seven months, and now this is how. <laughs> you know what's funny is, is I thought I didn't think that I would feel – I didn't know how I was going to feel because as a lot of people who listen to the podcast know, I grew up an L.A. Rams fan and only recently became a Bears fan after fan free agency because of family uh, family heartstrings, and I felt bad. I couldn't even feel I couldn't even feel good for my friend AJ Hawk. I felt legitimately bad. Well, hey, I can respect that because it means you're a true fan for the for the Bears. You know, regardless if. Even if I feel like you're cheering for the wrong team, at least you stay loyal to them. So I can respect that as a as an athlete, as a player for a, a guy in the Packers. Ultimately, that's what I'm aiming for is your respect. There we go. Well, you have you had it a long time ago, though. Oh, thank you. Hawk, you I want to get into this now. We'll talk okay. about everything else, but I want to go into as much as we can possibly do it. That game was crazy. Now listen to me. <laughs> I'm simultaneously, I predicted – 
that, first of all, I thought the Steelers, and it's a homer pick, but I really did think the Ravens were going to lose, and I really did think the Dolphins were going to lose, and so they did, and the Steelers beat the Browns. So it comes down to the second stringers with the Chiefs in San Diego. I'm watching that apocalypse, but I'm flipping back and forth the whole time and couldn't believe what was unfolding in Soldier Field between the two oldest rivals in the NFL. Tell me about what it's like. Tell me what it's like in that last possession when Aaron Rodgers, those three fourth and downs, what's the what what's going on on the sideline? Well, uh, they actually they asked us. I know some of the media asked me afterwards if I was same question. Like, well, were you nervous? Were you worried? What was the thing? And and I told them honestly, I'm so spoiled from being here with Aaron and our offense that honestly, the whole time I just sat there thinking, I was like, we're good, we're good, they're gonna get this, you know, we're, we're good, and it's just. Every big play, every big fourth down, whatever they they, they seem to need to get, they, they found a way. And it was, uh, you know, that last fourth, what, fourth and eight when he throws that deep ball to Randall. I mean, I think when that ball was in the air, I got a little bit worried right then. I mean, I got excited for a second. <laughs> I, saw Rand- I saw Randall come open, so I'm thinking, oh, this is great. And then Aaron does a great job avoiding Julius Peppers by his time and then fires that thing down the field. And I think everyone will tell you, or every Packers fan especially, that that ball was in the air for about two hours. And Randall, man, what a good job! What a good job to come down with that thing because the whole time I'm thinking, I was like, those are the hardest ones to catch, man. He knows the whole season's basically on the line, and that ball was in the air for so long, and he was wide open. That no joke, that was a great catch and a great job getting the end zone because those things are not easy to catch when you have all that time to think about it. Does it make you feel better too when you're on the sidelines and you see Chris Conti out there on the other side? No, ah, he's got. What was it? No, too, that, too soon. He had a big pick in the end, in the, uh, end zone <laughs> early in the game, man. You can't put that on him. I listen, Hawk. What is it with our society now that everyone is so cynical that that is the, immediately <laughs> this is it, you're not on you you obviously were out there on the field. I'm on social media looking at it, and 1.2 seconds after that touchdown pass is thrown, all I see is Chris Conti blew the coverage. Listen, Aaron Rodgers with the season on the line, with an all-out blitz in his face, sidesteps it coolly and slings a strike, and like you say, Randall Cobb comes down with it. That's to be celebrated. All we hear about is narrative and legacy, this and that, for Peyton Manning and Tony Romo. Aaron Rodgers did it in the clutch against your arch rival on their field. Unbelievable, yes? Yes, I, I like I like where you're going with this. But I agree. Why not pump up the great play instead of trying to trying to blame it on somebody? In the, yeah, the rank. Thing, the other uh, thing, too, that I don't know. I mean, that, we don't know what coverage they were in. We don't know exactly who was supposed to be back there. So you never really know. That's the crazy thing about football. A lot of times, honestly, when guys mess up, we don't even know whose fault it is until we get back and watch the film and know what the call hmm. is. So I think it's hard for people watching at home to know exactly – who uh, who to put a play on like that? So why not just pump him up and let say, man, what a play by Aaron and Randall on our whole offense on it. All right, AJ, you convinced me. It was a great play by Aaron. I'm a little jealous. It was a great play, you know, a great <laughs> athletic play. It's also funny too because I was talking to somebody about this earlier today, and we're re- referring to that Chris Conti play. But he's sitting where the first down marker is, and if he would have been playing, let's say, 20 yards off of him, and then Cobb runs a hitch and catches it for a first down, then everybody would be like, well, why is he playing so far back? So it's always – that's just what people always jump to. It was a great play. It was a great all-around play. It was good defense because if they if Peppers gets there close enough and makes Rodgers have to throw it quickly, then the play, it, it might get broken up. So Exactly. Hey, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad uh, Aaron made that play, man. What a 
What an exciting, what it made me think of, honestly, though, think about it. I'm, I don't know what's going on here, but I mean, you guys might have an answer for me, but how in the world does the season play out like this to where week 17, last game of the season, it, co- all, it comes down to us against the Bears and Soldier Field, and the game ends like that. So I just want to know who's controlling this whole situation. It's <laughs> wonderful, at least Somewhere. for you. My heart was broken by Ryan Suckup missing a 41-yard Whoa. field goal and blown Why? field goals Why and everything you, else. Why can't we so, celebrate what Phillip Rivers did in overtime leading no. the Chargers Ooh. down? Don't you there dare. There you go. Why? Uh, Why? Listen. For a sake, I missed it. So... What happened? Suck up missed a field goal that would have the Chiefs would have beat the Chargers, and then your Steelers would have got in. That's exactly right. They that, that Andy Reid saw fit to play to sit twenty of twenty two starters. No matter, they still showed up and nearly beat the uh, beat the Chargers there, which would have been an all time terrible loss. But listen, Hawk. First of all, what were you thinking when? That play is going on at the end of the first half when the ball, you know, the, when when Anderson runs over it and Boykin picks it up. What, what's what's going on on the sideline there? Honestly, on the sideline, we were thinking, get on that thing. We just wanted someone to fall on it because. So you guys you know, are yelling because you could tell Rogers looks over yeah, and sort of like yeah, pick it up and run, yeah, kind of thing. Aaron, even if you watch, Aaron even kind of like creeped over to not let the defense know. You know, Aaron was kind of playing a little game as well. He knew we needed to get that thing, but he wasn't going to, like, if he would have scrambled all frantically for it or told Boykin to, their defense would have probably been a little bit tipped off, too. So if they can just kind of nonchalant, casually pick that thing up, run the end zone, then he knew he wouldn't get tackled. So I wasn't even – I didn't care if a guy picked up the score. I just wanted someone to get on it because I watched the whole play. I, I stand up and watch our offense. I don't ever sit on our bench. And I, I had, a, had a pretty good feeling that that was a uh, a sack caused fumble there. His arm wasn't going forward yet. Well, I mean, it really was an all timer. I think it's if you're a Bears fan, that's the worst loss on a day of awful losses for a lot of teams getting knocked out of the playoffs and so on. I still think if you're a Bears fan now, on the other hand, of course, you as a Packers fan couldn't be more pleased. The week before in Lambeau, it's another great matchup. It's the Steelers. You may you may remember you played them in the Super Bowl. I, I wanted to compliment you. A divine pick of Roethlisberger that you made. One and two. That was the worst call in the history of football. That you guys got that ball uh, after the few block field goal, right? Uh, I disagree with your your, your <laughs> assumption there, Damashek. I thought it was a beautiful call by these. Rangers. It was a terrible call, Hawk, and I want you to be a man of honor and admit it here and now. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we're going to go with the calls, I mean, let's not let's not do that. We can go over every single play, and you can call holding on on the offensive line every time we we play anybody. So I'm not going to do that. But you know, it, I was kind of confused by the call. I don't even know what happened there, to say the truth. We're watching the balls scrambling around. All of a sudden, they gave it to us. So I didn't even question it further. I said, "All right, sounds good to me." Yeah, me too. That's my. Oh no, that was the opposite reaction I had. I've poured over it ever since. Now listen. Now let's talk Steelers fans. All those history of Hawk knows one of the reasons Hawk won. And by the way, what what, you know, I'm upset you didn't get a Pro Bowl appearance legitimately because you really had what I would say is your best season. And you were really terrific with all with the, you know with a lot of things in flux with Rodgers and Clay Matthews and so on. But you win the NFC North now, and you win the 2013 Shecky Award for Best Player Guest. How do those things rank for you? What a year, man! Yeah, what a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell you what, since I'm since I'm terrible at Twitter and you're great at it, I, I, I acknowledge the fact that I won the old Shecky on there and thank you for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just not I'm not smart enough. 
or creative enough to use the English language the way I would like to on there with 140 characters. But yeah, man, I was gonna try to allude to something. You know, when I heard about that Shecky Award, you know, obviously I got, I probably got 10 or 15 phone calls from everybody all over my family members everywhere <laughs> congratulating, congratulating me, uh-huh. text. It was amazing. But I would say winning the Super Bowl and that 2013 Shecky Award are 1A and 1B, I would say. Huh. And then just slightly above that is both of my children being born. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's a, I guess that's, that's, that's sort of flattering. I mean, I'd like to so be a little. You're, okay. You're right. So, I mean, if you would, if they would have, when my, my daughter's three years old now, if my daughter, when I was sitting there holding her and cutting her cord, if they had told me right then, hey, you're going to win the 2013 Shecky for best guest, it would have been the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Hawk, listen, because you understand that one of the reasons you won that Shecky Award is because you understand the cardinal rule here on the show in Studio 66, no jive. We don't like jive talk. We've yeah. talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again now. It's an uncomfortable subject. The uh-huh. San Francisco 49ers do well against you guys for some reason and now, lo and behold, who's coming to Lambeau this weekend? What can we do to make it a different result this week? Well, first of all, we just got to tackle the guy that has the ball, obviously. But, you know, they, the same thing happened yesterday afternoon. After our game, you know, we, they figured out shortly we were playing the Niners, and they just kind of reminded me of how much success the Niners have had against us. And it's true, man. And they have success against our defense, more importantly. You know, our offense has played pretty well. But... I mean, it's amazing when you think back. Can you think back of week one of this season? Doesn't it seem like it was three years ago? I, I, really I completely does. agree with you about that. I mean, it we is amazing. Back, yeah. I'm not saying, believe me, there's no excuse. They they blasted us. They got us good. They beat mm-hmm. us. But, man, it's, it doesn't even seem like that's the same season to me for some reason, just because it's so long ago out in San Fran. So the good thing is people can talk about it. I know, I know you disagree with cliches, and believe me, I do too, man. But it's, I think we all, we all have a chance now. We're in the playoffs. It's up to us to try to figure this thing out. and I mean, I say it a lot. Defensively, there's no secret deal you can take. There's no secret defense you can draw up to stop people. But the truth is the Niners have a ton of weapons. Everywhere you look, they have weapons. Their offensive line is good. So it's up to us. We've got to get some pressure on the quarterback, stop the run, try to try to limit the uh, the plays downfield. So, I mean, there's no – like I say, it's, it's easy to get into – talking about what you can do, but if we don't go out there and prove it on Sunday, believe me, it's our fault. And just real quick, do you practically expect that one thing, you know, I thought the read option or whatever you want to call it, pistol or whatever else, it kind of really did, didn't uh, come up very often during this regular season. Do you think that Kaepernick maybe breaks it out now that it's in January and that whole protect the investment thing isn't as important because these are the games that matter? It could definitely come out, yeah. So I think it's something that is on every defensive coordinator's mind and every defensive player because you're right. You know, this whole offseason, what do we talk about? That's all everybody talked about with this read option, mm-hmm. this pistol formation. What are you going to do? How are you going to stop it? The thing is, they still have it. They, they still run it, you know, sometimes. So, yeah, especially depending on the weather, what's going on, it could easily come out again. So we'll, we know we got to be ready for it. All right, Hawk, listen, you're a peach. You deserve the 2013 Shecky Award. We Indeed. look forward to you defending your, your crown. And in the meantime, you've got the best player, not in, not the best quarterback, not just the best player today, 
the best player in the history of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, who proved it again on Sunday. You, a key piece as well, Hawk, in bringing home victory against those 49ers and perhaps beyond. We wish you all the best, Hawk, and uh, look forward to catching up with you very soon. Let's do it sooner rather than later, and this time with your old man. (laughs) Yeah, man, thanks. Appreciate having me on. Let me know. Just don't. You never bother me. Send me old text when you need me. If I'm, if I'm busy, I'll let you know. But I'm usually not busy. As long as I get the kids down to bed, I can do it after that or while they're napping, so they're not yapping in the background and and messing up your airwaves. <laughs> All right, Hawk. I know this might get me uh, in trouble with fellow Bears fans, but good luck. I'm pulling for you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Go get them this weekend, Hawk, and we'll hope to catch up with you very, very soon. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Dave, Dave. There he goes off into the Green Bay night. A swell fella, and we wish him well. Rank now. Now you go. How will you philosophically? Right. He's such a nice fella. Right. You know, don't you want to see good things happen for him? I am being honest when I said that uh, I do wish them well. I believe me, my my life as a football fan, has revolved around me hating the 49ers above all teams. Mm. So I will have no problem. And it even goes back, I grew up a fan of the L.A. Rams. My dad and obviously my entire family, they were all Bears fans. And in the 80s, the Bears and the 49ers had a pretty pretty severe rivalry. So my dad and I always bonded over, like, even though I kind of defied him by going with the hometown L.A. Rams, we still bonded over hating the 49ers and how much we did not like Joe Montana and that entire team. So I can still continue to have that, even though I understand, like, I'm starting to not like Aaron Rodgers, like, a lot. But for one week, I can put that aside. I can wish my good friend A.J. Hawk very well, and I hope they go out and beat him. All right, now let's say hello, because the Bears took a tough one, the Steelers took a tough one, and I guess, you know, the Ravens getting deposed. They're not going to get to defend their crown. But, you know, at least personally, I felt in my heart they were going to – I felt they were going to lose to the Patriots, and then they were going to lose to at the Bengals, and that's exactly the way it went. So I would say also in the conversation for most painful loss that will stick with you for a long time, also the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. So let's say hello, first of all, to the guy we mentioned uh, just before, A.J. Hawk, all the way from England, now a Dolphins fan for better or today worse. It's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at it, I just wish that it'd be good if you could get eliminated from the playoffs halfway through the season and yes. then still have games to play. But the fact that you get eliminated from the playoffs and the regular season's over all at the same time is kind of make it doubly depressing. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, I'd almost like to have been like the Jets, who were eliminated four weeks ago, and then after <laughs> that point, at least you've still got a few games to look forward to. Well, yeah, it's I, that tough. doesn't make sense. I'm not I making guess any sense today. That circumstance—that is weird, but it because it's case by case. The Jets, yeah, they were eliminated. Now it turned into sort of this feel-good story. Whereas, if they got eliminated on Sunday on, right. in Week 17, Rex Ryan's job might be in jeopardy. Yes. But now, like that, well, that's in the rearview mirror. Look at how they stayed on course. Then again, I marvel at. Teams like the Titans and Texans who actually showed up and played that game. Yeah. Because I don't think more than three people in 
on the face of the earth could have watched that on TV, and yet they went through it. They could have just shown a repeat of last year's game. No one would have known the difference. <laughs> now, who would have caught that? Yeah. Would anybody have actually noticed? It's like, oh, yeah, we're just playing back last year's game. Make it two years ago just right. to throw just people off no a little bit. no one will remember that one. So kudos to them. See, integrity in the National yeah. Football League. Also, let's talk to, uh, let's say hello to the man who's been a part of all our second podcasts during the season. Now he's jumping in here in the first one to help us review the, uh, the, the I mean, really insane Week 17, a perfect punctuation to an insane 2013 season, and his team was in the eye of the storm, as they always are. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop with you, fella? Hey, man, I, you know, I think the most insane game of Week 17 was Chiefs-Chargers. Uh, and, and it seemed like a lot you of people— You think? Obviously it was. It was, it was, it was. Crimes were committed out there. But there were a lot of people that weren't watching that game. They were watching mm-hmm. the Niners and Cardinals, or they were watching Bears-Packers. I, I bet you most of America was watching Bears-Packers. And I, I watched that Chargers-Chiefs game from stem to stern, and I could not believe how well these Chiefs backups played. And when they said the Chiefs are playing a bunch of backups— that was not an exaggeration. The Chiefs were playing like 10. 20, 20, 20 out of 22, 22 starters didn't dress. Right, yeah. right. And there were 10 guys that I counted that made major contributions that you were like, where's this dude been all season? And some of the football names to come out of that game, you know, Niall Davis and Junior Hemingway making plays. Only Cleveland Browns running back Edwin Baker, who sounds like a novelist, is better. But that game... <laughs> Blew my mind that San Diego couldn't take care of business. I made some passing reference online. I was uh, writing Fast and Furious on the Twitter and elsewhere, and I said Colt Daniel at some point, and somebody said, no, it's Chase Daniel. And I, I, I said, is there really any difference between those two guys? <laughs> he played well. He actually played he well. He was terrific until that last drive, and he got, uh, you know, he got a little frazzled there. But look, Niall Davis, I could see that coming. That That is the one legitimate, I was wishful thinking, Homer-type thinking. But I did legitimately think Niall Davis, because if you've watched him at all, he's a he is a terrific back, and he's probably the next guy to be like Ben Tate or Michael Turner, one of those kind of guys that everybody covets as he starts to come up because he did look terrific. Um but my goodness, to miss that field goal and, oh, yeah. and the terrible calls. And then the league, and now the referees announced, yes, we blew that call. And the, mm. it's the difference between the playoffs and not. And I don't care about these Seahawks fans giving me the business. Boo-hoo, you took to Super Bowl forty. Right. Well, he still but missed the league kick. league never came out and said we were wrong on those calls, hey, did man, they? He, he yeah, still missed the kick. He did miss he the kick. He still missed the kick. I mean, does the, the formation really matter on the field? He missed the kick. He missed the kick. And, and gonna... then they go to overtime and they steal the ball out of, out of Woodhead's hands and run it in for a touchdown. Nope, doesn't count. What? Right. Criminal. Well, I'm what gonna... happened to that? But I Dave, have... it was still an 8-8 eight and eight team. I well, agree. Here's my argument. I don't want to see any 8-8 eight and eight team, regardless of whether it's mine or yours or anyone else's, in the playoffs. 8-8 eight and eight is the very I definition of mediocrity. I don't want a mediocre team in the playoffs. I always Plus, say parity equals mer- me- mediocrity. Right. Say whatever you want. Plus, in September, you were sitting here in that very seat going, clowny, clowny. That's what <laughs> you were rooting for. That is true. That was your You cl- changed your tune pretty yeah. quickly. All right. Let's go around the room. I want to figure it out. As much as one, it's a you know. I know it's not something that you can ultimately render a decision on, but I'm going to render a decision on it. Most painful loss yesterday by fan. One Elliot's a Cowboys guy. Dolphins for handsome, obviously Bears for rank, and Steelers for me. I'm going to start with you, Elliot. Make a case why yours was the worst of all. 
honestly, I wish I felt that way. I don't feel that way. Do you at feel? All. Do you agree with uh, me about what I said earlier? No, I agree with Rank. What? No, no, no. I, about I, Romo. Yeah, about, I if, agree if with Ro- Adam. If Romo wins that, I mean, if if Orton wins that game, I do not agree with you. I agree with Adam that Walsh winning the game in '89 against the Redskins at RFK was a much bigger deal. Much bigger deal because because here's the thing there, uh, for both sides, and I I, I understand your point. But I think your point is for all the, the Twitter haters that get on and hate no, on Romo. No, it's not. I know you think it, that's where I come from, and it's not at all where I'm coming from. Right. It is bad if you're into a guy for $20 million and he hasn't come through in the clutch. That's the narrative on the guy. And then Kyle Orton comes in out after not playing for two years and does put you into the playoffs. That creates an awkward, at least, exchange. Okay. Like, oh, hey, Tony. Hey, welcome back, man. How's the back feeling? <laughs> let me, let yeah, me, we're getting ready for the playoffs, all right. man. All right, well, here I'm going to try to answer your question, okay? Why was his wife at the game, though? That was weird. That was what weird. What the right? hell is going yeah. on? Yeah, that, I, <laughs> that's pretty whoa, funny, actually. Whoa, I, don't, I noticed that. Uh, but here's the thing. I predicted that the Eagles were going to win whether or not Romo played, okay? But after watching that game... The Cowboys would have won had Romo played because I don't know how many times they got pressure on Orton and he, you know, he tried to change his arm angle. And I was like, oh, well, Tony would have spun out of that play. Do you remember the uh, the rollout where Connor Barwin knocked down the yeah. fourth down pass? Yeah. You know what Tony Romo does there? He does it all the time. He pumped him, a little pumped him in the air it. and either run for it or, or made the throw. Uh, that very play that you're talking about yeah. stood out to me that why Kyle Orton pulled the trigger there. He should have just pulled that down and run right, right. by Bar- Barwin. Right. Right. And I think. You can admit that Romo's as good at the little hand fakes and the little the nukes and jukes sure. as anybody in, in the league. Uh, I think the Cowboys would have won. Either way, if you just look at it for what it's worth, Kyle Ward did not play particularly well. Okay, Didn't play badly he for didn't play, given he his didn't, situation. He, he played mediocre. Okay, Tony Romo has 31 touchdowns and 10 interceptions this year. Now, I know what everyone's going to be saying. You always have to pull out statistics. Hey, some statistics kind of matter. They just kind of do. Thirty-one touchdowns and ten interceptions matters. And then, lastly, I want to. How many of back those ten the, interceptions came at the I, end of crucial I say, games two, I, I, in the fourth quarter? Oh, here we in go. Close games. You could take away. Well, I don't want to have this we, conversation. I definitely, I definitely don't want to have playing, that. Right. If we're playing the stats game, okay, fine. If you want to, if you want to do that, then why does Romo have the most come from behind wins since twenty eleven in the I'm in not the talking league? About since twenty eleven, I'm talking about okay, this, this year in, in crucial games. He has, he had, he had the interception against the Packers. Mm-hmm. And he had the interception against the Broncos. Those are the two you're talking about. Yep. Against the best team in football, okay, and against Green Bay. He also had three come-from-behind wins, including including leading the Cowboys back with a herniated disc, okay, a ruptured against disc the in his back. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Look at Black okay. Tie behind the glass. He's waving a white. It's like flag. he's having a week Why? eight flashback. Why does Black Tie hate when we talk about football? <laughs> it is weird, but in this case, I'm with them because the one thing we shouldn't devote too much time to is Yeah, but Romo. you can't make a statement like that. I hear you I defending didn't make it. A statement. Right. I asked you a question. I agree. The only thing I'm saying is that uh, is right. Is that I? I just I'm curious about that because that would be a fascinating story. One more thing on the Cowboys, though, is well, two things. Do you think they should? Do you think Jason Garrett deserves to keep his job? I don't think he deserves to keep his job, and I don't think he deserves to get fired. I think he's exactly what you said it is. He he is the poster boy of a poster boy of parody. <laughs> he's it. He's he is mediocre as mediocre gets. So it, I'm I'm on either side of the ledger here. I could tell you what does need to happen though. Monty Kiffin can't be DC. 
you might as well just kick Rod Marinelli sure. into that job. Have Monty Kiffin be a consultant. This isn't a commentary on his age. Bottom line, he didn't do the job. And you got to get Bill Callahan out of calling plays. You don't have what was an offensive line guy call plays for you and then have this big mix-up. Either have Garrett be the play caller or hire a play caller if he's going to keep his job. Do you buy, and this is classic uh, reckless speculation out of me, and I'm still not clear on the the ramifications of you know the the Sean Payton's contract in New Orleans. But had the Cowboys won, it would have set up for a fascinating storyline this week, which is Sean Payton, the former assistant head coach to the Cowboys, now returning with his new team. I don't get the sense that the Saints situation is such a grand thing that you could never walk away from. Drew Brees is long in the tooth. I think that that, that, that the Saints are not winning the Super Bowl again this year, and so I I don't know that Sean Payton wouldn't maybe want to walk away. I just don't know if he can get out of the contract seems like whenever you really want out of a contract though you can get out of it in sports it doesn't seem like it's it, it keeps got coaches from quitting and moving to better place in their mind do you think they'll take a run at Sean Payton do you think that that would be desirable to to Jerry I think it would be desirable to Jerry but I I just don't see Sean Payton going to Dallas if he did I, I don't as, see as a fan if he did would you be ha- they'd probably have to give up a draft pick right would you be would you be satisfied as a Cowboys fan with them maybe giving up a first round pick to get Sean Payton as the head coach? Sure, but I tell you what would really satisfy what would yeah. really really satisfy me is if Jerry called a press conference and I really respect Jerry Jones as an owner and said I, I uh, you know I'm firing myself as mm-hmm. as GM that that <laughs> would be amazing. The best question I saw in journalism this year was when uh, Jerry Jones was asked if he would fire himself. Uh, you know, as a GM, in other that words, if, he, if it wasn't yeah. himself, and he he totally danced around that that issue. But well, I mean, it worked pretty good. We got we got three Super Bowl rings, and the guy immediately shot back with, "And yeah, you've been you you won one playoff game in the last fifteen years. <laughs> that was that was terrific." I, I, Jerry had no response to that. No, one. No, no, and it's look. You talk to any Cowboys fan, they'll all tell you the biggest problem with the organization is not having a football guy. It's not. The diehard Cowboy fans could care less about this Romo conversation that all the national media has. They could care less because they see the real cracks. They see taking Gavin Escobar, a tight end, who, by the way, scored a touchdown uh, Sunday night, taking him instead of a safety. Really? Get a second tight end that barely plays when your safeties are abysmal? They see things like that. They don't, they don't look at Romo all the time. Rank, wouldn't you... This is what I always say. Is the it, one thing I say in defense of Jerry Jones the, and Dan Snyder is... Didn't the Inception horn win for best sound effect? <laughs> At some point this year, <laughs> that, there it is. No, I, I didn't. It I actually action. was about to play it because why lo- can't lo- we talk about I the love Cowboys? EH, That's a big deal. That's just, the cow- I just what don't happens. want this to become a cowboy centric podcast. Well, you they're know? they're a fascinating it's, it's, team. They continue to be. Are even they though really? Are they yes, really? Oh, I think they fascinating, are. About, fascinating about them is well, how they, they always end up at eight and eight. No, yes. I think my favorite fascinating thing about them was yesterday when Jason Garrett said, you know, someone asked him in the press conference after the game. So what do you tell your players? And he said, I, "I'm I, I, in the pre, in the in the locker room afterwards. I just told them I was proud of them and that they gave everything they could and they were all they could be this year. And it's like, well, all they could be was eight and eight, the same as the last two years. <laughs> Three it's like, straight that's years. what you're proud of. I want to cobble is, this list together. What I, about, the thing that always stands out to me is the money's committed to uh, Demarcus Ware. Tony Romo, which you're like, okay, that's good. And then Miles Austin. Like, wait, wait which one? <laughs> yeah. Which one of these guys does not belong? Yeah. Why is Miles Austin getting paid so much money, and can they get out of that? Yeah. Is there any way to just 
If you could get rid of that and start rebuilding the defense, and I know Sean Lee going down hurt. They had a lot of injuries on defense, but still. They have pieces. They're they're in better shape defensively if everybody's right than a couple of teams. Well, I don't mean, forget, I'm, and don't forget, and I'm not making an excuse for the organization because, again, I, I just don't think Jerry has, has the skins on the wall as a GM. But uh, the Redskins and the Cowboys were penalized heavily with cap uh, penalties before the season even started. They were hamstrung by the cap. And so those things do make a difference, and Adam brings up a great point. I mean, that team is getting nothing out of my – I mean, they rely on Cole Beasley, mm-hmm. a slot receiver out of SMU, more than they rely on Miles Austin at that this kinda, point. Yeah, it undermined uh, Chris Collinsworth's pregame comment. I've seen Miles uh, uh, Austin. We know when he's right and when he's wrong. When he's right and he's running like we saw him in pregames, look out for Miles Austin. Yeah, he was Didn't great. exactly pay off. Yeah. Hey, real quick, though, Rank, okay. don't you think – I, I – I can hear. I mean, I practically, I look at the rosters and see what, why. If I were a Redskins or Cowboys fan, I'd be, I'd be sad. But if you were Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones, if I owned the team, I would. I, you, yeah, I guarantee you, I'd be all over the personnel decisions and coaching decisions too. I would. I, I'd be calling plays. No, I want you to run the screen on this one. Yeah, but why would I spend? Why would I spend a billion dollars to own a toy and not get to play with it? I have to buy it and then just sit back and watch other people play with my toy? Aren't no, we, thank you. And aren't we all narcissistic enough that when we start playing like Madden or whatever and we create ourselves and games <laughs> and things like that, we always we take over everything and feel like we can run anything. We all play fantasy football because we think we know better than everybody else. You're done. Oh, right. I, that would be in the I interview be... and that would be out in the public in front of the media. I would be saying like, hey, we're happy to hire this coach and part of the thing, we like him because he's smart and blah, blah, blah. And also because he understands that uh, that uh, the, the man talking right now, Damashek, is going to be a part of personality. He's going to be in the Essentially, you'll be Jim Irsay. Who does that on Twitter already? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I. You better believe I'm going to be in there making. Per- no, we're not taking that guy. We're taking the quarterback. There, we're yeah, we're not taking a left tackle. I, nah, would, I don't want to do I that. Would that's be not like fun. An Ursay with these like <laughs> tipping off trades and stuff, yeah. like trade wins. Oh, I'd definitely be like breaking some news. Oh. Yeah, that's what I, you know. What if I owned the Cowboys today? That's what I would be doing. Hey, uh, anybody want to make an offer on Miles Austin? I'm taking uh, all. LinkedIn is the official social media of AT and T Stadium, but uh, <laughs> Twitter is the official social media of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that would be me if something came out. If I owned the Pittsburgh Steelers, when it, it goes at, out at Pittsburgh Steelers, guess who'd be writing every one of those tweets? <laughs> You. Um, yes, you guessed correctly, Rank. All right, next up, it's uh, it's Handsome Hank. Make your case for your Dolphins, how you feel. Is this the worst? Is this expected? Does Philbin get to keep his job? So on. Okay, I'll do my best. Thank you, Dave. Um, I two weeks, uh, Three weeks ago now, I th- you'll remember the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. I think I sat in this chair... Um, and I was pretty excited about it. I thought team. you were over the hump. I Two was, weeks in a row, you go into Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and then do that. and then New England. Pretty excited. You look at some of the teams they beat along the way, a bunch of playoff teams you know, uh, mm-hmm. in there as well. So I was, I was over the moon. Over the next two weeks, they scored seven points in eight quarters against the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. <laughs> now, that, that, How does that happen? By my math, that's less than one point per quarter. I don't, and that, by the way, they scored all those seven points at one time. So, in fact, it's... So, they didn't space it out. They didn't didn't kick extra points. Uh, Hey, let's uh. kick them an extra point now. So, I... It's incredibly disappointing. I mean, I was... Three weeks ago, I was set for like, wow, going to play in January. Didn't really expect a win in January, but, but they broke my heart. 
two weeks oh, they in could a row. Have, they could have beaten against, the Bengals. Even though the Bengals are my Super Bowl pick, they also can be had oh, by the in way, week one. That was one of the teams they did beat this year. That's right. Cameron Wake. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, through two weeks, they've, they've, they've killed me twice. And Boy, that's crazy that, 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 that they go. But, well, it was they Thad win Lewis and at Gino Pittsburgh, Smith, home against New England, and then, and then score seven combined points against, against Thad Bills Lewis and, Jets. and Geno Smith. He gad. Um, so, no, yeah, they, they upset me a lot. But at the same time, here I am. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Um, you know, I was buoyed up a lot by a lot of the guest appearances I made on, on TV shows, etc. after my Shecky Award win last week. So that's helped me get through mm-hmm. this as well. Congratulations Thank again. Thank you. But, um, but Sorry really... to you, Elliot. Condolences. Get him in 2014. Oh, on the best guess? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you are a better you. guess I than I am. I voted for you. Uh, so I was upset on that part as well. But... <laughs> Um, but I so what generous. I'm, so Jeff Island is is I'm you know fingers crossed. This is the time for today. Michael Silver said that uh, reported that an NFL owner told him that Jeff Island is the worst GM since Matt Millen, which is <laughs> which which sets a pretty low base. Damning. We let his butt go. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so so I'm hoping this this spells the end for Jeff Island. But then I have an issue. So. I don't necessarily trust the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, to hire a good general manager. But I don't trust the – if Jeff Island stays, I don't trust him to, to get good players to, to solve the problems they have. And if they, do get a good, if they do get a good new general manager, I don't want him paired up with Joe Philbin because I certainly believe myself that if you've got a general manager, you let him hire the guys who are going to work as, on the coaching side. So it's just a mess. And I don't know necessarily how to uh, how to talk myself out of that. Like I, I don't I don't I don't see this going in a good place. The thing about Joe Philbin is that he seems imminently likable and he seems smart. Well, really nice guy. But he's but he is so he he's the antithesis of NFL coach. Right. You know Rex Ryan. You see the celebration, whether you hate him or not, or you think the Jets stink. That's that's dynamite stuff that the owner says we're bringing him back, and his team mobs him, and he seems like one of the guys. Um, Philbin, and he's weepy, yeah. and he feels it, and he, you know, he cares about it, and everything. That's all. Joe Philbin just is, uh, you know, I'm not. It's not an indictment of the guy. He just doesn't cut the figure of no, an no, NFL and that, coach. And that's not an indictment of the guy. But the indictment, if you want to make one, is he's had he's had two years. That is he a good motivator? Like you said, no, he's not. He doesn't. He's not that guy. Is he? Does he make great halftime adjustments? No. Does he develop great quarterbacks? Has he done something where you're like, wow, he's really taken him on? No, not really. Two right, weeks ago, right. I would have said yes. But yeah, yeah, but I don't think it was necessarily Joe Philbin's right. work. Has he has he hired a but you know has he persuaded coaches to come out and 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 work for him? No, the Dolphins coaching start, staff across the board is kind of like no one has any. There's no one who was like I'm going to go and coach with Joe Philbin. Mike, you know, Mike Sherman, definitely not that guy. And is he a great talent developer? Is he is he bringing players along generally? No, I'm not, I don't see any of that. So it doesn't seem like he's very good at anything. You want your coach, like Rex Ryan gets re-signed. Rex Ryan might be the worst schemer in the NFL. Right, defensive wizard motivating. with a great quarterback, that kind of balance that we, we've talked about. If you had a stud QB, I would want a defensive-minded coach, and then vice versa. If I had a dominant defense, I'd want a clever uh, offensive mind right. uh, running I just, things I don't and, and what, then turn the other half over to exactly. a specialist. But I, I don't know what Joe Phil, what it is that Joe Philbin does well. And in that case, I'd rather the Dolphins said, all out, let's start again. Rex and I don't Ryan. like that necessarily, but I think that's the way to go. 
boy, and, and it does seem like right now, if you had to say, the Bills seem like they're a little bit better, but, they, they, boy, they're just sort of this rudderless organization that seems like they're just never going to go have a double-digit win season ever again. The, every year, it's kind of like you, there's always buzz about them in August. They're, you know, they're kind of interesting, some things go in there, and they just never do anything. Mm. Then the Jets, for all the excitement around them, they still went 8-8 uh, eight and eight this year, which is exceeding expectation, but they've had a couple crummy years now. And then you have uh, you look at the Dolphins, and you know maybe Ryan Tannehill turns the corner. But then again, like you say, maybe they'll be good, but not great. And maybe it's just going to be the Patriots again in 2014. Plus, Philbin, you know what? He goes with the horseshoe. Like if he shaved his full head, <laughs> I feel he would be a little now, bit. That's more an imposing. indictment. That is an hard hitting indictment. It uh, makes a difference. It shows me. It 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 shows that he doesn't have a close attention to detail. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting thought you think have. about it. If I think Philbin, that's the one thing he does if, have, unfortunately, if, is is that he Philbin, does have attention to detail. That's what he's known as. But if he had the stone cold Steve Austin look, he'd look like about ten years younger, and uh, I think he'd be a more commanding presence. All right, Rank. Who? So it comes down to this: the Steelers at eight and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, here's again. They lost to the Raiders, the Titans in Pittsburgh. They lost that one. You know, this is a team that how you know how enthused can I be? They lost to the Vikings across the sea, mm-hmm. and so on. They ultimately, when you look at it, they lost to six non-playoff teams. So how raw can I be about the right. bad calls? But then again, it was a bad call that kept them out, so it's tough. Whereas the Bears, we talk all the time about the injuries mm-hmm. that teams have to go through. That every team these days now has to suffer through injuries. That's the way. It's not like you have bad luck. Except to me, the Bears. They've had worse luck with injuries, I think, than any team in the NFL consistently over three years now. They start out well, then devastating injuries take them down. This time, in Soldier Field, arch rival comes in there. You're winning, all that jazz, and the last drive, three fourth downs, and he kills you with 30 seconds left on the clock. To me, that's worse. How say you? Yes, all right, good. I'm what, glad what, we... what, what you, you <laughs> took every point. Yeah, well, here's so the next question. What's well, the big thing? And it's, you know, it, yeah, because the, the defense had played so well. Here's the They've thing. Tra- and then that, you forgot the fluky, holy roller play. How can somebody else advance that ball then? Like, I don't know it, why they wouldn't be isn't, able to. Isn't that, Well, isn't that the spirit of the holy roller is that the guy who fumbles – you can't fumble the ball forward on purpose and have somebody advance it. That's a, that's a good point, but I think no, like I think you can't advance. I don't think you can it's got to be move fourth forward. down or something like that. No, I think it's got to be two minutes left in, two minutes in left. the in the half. Still, is that I not mean, right, Elliot? You, you yeah, would know that. Is that right? There's, yeah, I mean, I don't I, think there's anything. Bogus. Yeah, but I I agree with Adam. The spirit. I think that's what you're talking about. Like, the spirit of the it, rule. Yes. I, like, I, oh, it's Packers ball right there, but you can't advance it. But when everybody quits, it was. Yeah. It really is lame that nobody Unless knows what the fumbler. That, that, Advances it. If if you're running, if you're running and you fumble the ball and everyone can't pick it up and you pick up your own fumble, run for a touchdown. I'm fine with that. You're totally right, fine with that. You're but right, Rank. I have allowed in my brain since that game ended to be overtaken by the Aaron Rodgers play on fourth and eight, right. and sort of have ignored that. But Who that fumbled is- the ball that Boykin ran in? Rodgers. Rodgers. Okay. Rogers I was trying to remember. Fumbled it, Rogers fumbled it forward. I don't know. Is that not a penalty? Are you allowed to fumble the ball I, he forward? He didn't technically. I mean, you it's know, knocked Peppers out of his hand, I guess. bopped it forward. But All right. But you know between what? Between that, I mean, you don't go to the playoffs if you're the Bears on your home turf on that 
insane, fluky play that's completely unsatisfying. Even to pa- I mean, no Packers fan was celebrating. They were like, "That's ridiculous." And no, you, you should lose- celebrate. That's a great. And, play and then by on them. fourth and eight, well, that, has, uh, th- th- that dagger. I mean, that's that's just brutal. Brutal stuff. But that's the difference between having so many veteran guys out there. If, if there was a guy like Brian Erlacher on the field, somebody who knows, I mean, that was the, the whole spirit of Lovey's defenses was that they would run to balls and make plays like that. Or somebody like Peanut Tillman would have came up and at least picked up the ball, and then he would have realized, wait, nobody's blown the whistle, and then gone 100 yards the other way. That could have been a, a huge turning point. So that whole thing was – and then, you know, and then Rodgers just made a great play. And you talk about this all the time about the great players. And you know what? Rodgers – and I, I don't know. This will – okay, I don't know if Black Tie's paying attention because I'm going to throw this out there. Aaron Rodgers makes that play. And I know I, I we talked about it about Chris Conti. Like he was playing where he was supposed to play because they had pressure on him. And most quarterbacks, if Peyton Manning's back there, pulls he's the sacked. trigger he's, fast. He's right. sacked. It's over. Like the play's over. He's sacked. If Romo's in there, he probably avoids the pressure, but still throws it to Chris. They Conte. sent the that's house at him. The Bears. The Bears sent the house, and he just he casually with the season it. on the line just steps aside, it. moves to his left, and 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 flicks the the uh, playoff earning touchdown pass. Unbelievable. Well, really. I, I think one thing that he he touched on there was that. He, with Lovey being gone, you know, he got fired after the ten and six season. A lot of people think that Tressman did a nice job this year. Well, they lost two more games than they did last year, and losing Lovey Smith wasn't just about losing Lovey Smith. I and mean, we focus too much on the head coach. It's about losing your staff. Right. Okay. Rod Marinelli was a great defensive coordinator for them. A great defensive coordinator. Now he's coaching the D line in Dallas. You know, I mean, that's a big loss. And I agree with you. You don't want to pay veteran players. That's fine. You let defensive coordinators go like that. That's fine. But then you can't expect your guys to make heads up plays late. I know he's slow. Okay, but does Ryan Clark make that mistake? Well, that's a that's a tough one to to isolate because he really was especially bad this year. Okay, he just, but, he just, he, get, but you get I know point, it, I, I get your you know? larger point. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not again. I know that guys make mistakes. I'm just saying that that you know to me. When Lovey Smith got canned, and I know that's not the point of this discussion, I hear you. But it, it makes a difference in the in the in this conversation. You know, I think that's a different game. I'll tell you what's interesting, and then uh, and then we'll, we're getting close. Although I do have to get uh, everybody's thoughts on a couple of list related items. But first of all, I you know, if you are a, if you can set aside the human element and you're a grown up and you see that it must stink to get fired to, to watch people have to pack up their lives and they have you know Greg Schiano in Studio 66 this summer he brought what was it four kids he had these yeah, four kids and his wife out here you know they moved to Tampa Bay two years ago or whatever and now they're now they're moving on again and he'll land on his feet and make money in their worst places in life to be than that but it still stinks now all that aside. Not true. I don't want to get pious about it. But anyway, if you can set that aside, if you have, if you're a fan of a team that's been unsuccessful, you can probably feel optimistic today. Like, yeah, you know what? There's sunnier days ahead for our for our guys. Until you consider who the candidates are: Lovey Smith, Jack Del Rio, and all the guys who got fired this year. It's just all these retreads. It's so uninspiring. It does make me think. I go back. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, Jason Garrett's got to go. Enough's enough. But then on the other hand, what's the alternative? Right. You know, really consider before you – the Browns thing, I mean, I'm waiting to hear. It, one, my two hypotheses on the Browns thing, they're not reporting. They're trying to give 
chud his dignity. There's something bad personally that happened that they're just not going to report or something. I don't know. How do you fire the guy on Sunday night with, you know, that no one saw it coming. It's complete. The fan, the, the, the players didn't like it. So maybe it's something scandalous like that. But let's assume that's not the case. Then what exactly did they, they uh, maybe they are run by the three stooges as the local reporter asked um, Jimmy Haslam up at the uh, press conference today. But don't don't they have to? Joe Banner's held up as a really smart guy and everything. Would they really just fire Chud on Sunday night without any plan? They have no idea. I have a hunch that it's either Josh McDaniels or Bill O'Brien, or they know who they're getting. They wouldn't just fire him right. like that. And just say enough's enough after one season. We can't take it. Something something is not being told here. They can't be that witless that they would just do that and say, well, now begins the coaching search. No, you'd have to be, I mean, you know, by very definition, if you're firing someone without knowing what your replacement is going to be better than that, then that's just insanity. That doesn't make any sense at all, especially after one season. So you've got to assume that they they know that Josh McDaniels, like if Michael Lombardi comes calling, Josh McDaniels is going to answer the phone and say, of course I will, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. That's, I, that, that's, that's, that's my guess. That's got to be my only guess. And by the way, the Browns are the correct answer to the question you asked. At least all of our teams were close to the playoffs yesterday. The Browns <laughs> had a terrible yeah. season. But then at least yesterday, they, Browns fans woke up thinking, well, you know, a little continuity maybe in a year's time. No one saw that coming in Cleveland. It doesn't sound like anyway. Rank, um, do you think that if you had to choose, this is uh, going back to the Bears for a second, Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall mm-hmm. or Julio Jones, uh, Roddy White, which would you rather have? Marshall and Jeffrey. I kind of agree with that now. If you, look, if you look at Julio Jones's injury, too, with that screw and everything that they have to go, man, that's going to be susceptible to injury. We've had a, a doctor on the uh, NFL Fantasy Live show talk about that. Like, you know what? That's something that could, that could come back again. E.H., how Dr. Neil Gadadra? Yep. I like Dr. Neil. Uh, I agree with Adam. I, I would definitely want Jeffrey and – and Marshall, I think Marshall's head is on straight now. He seems to be a real team leader for them yeah, now. And I then, agree. And then uh, obviously you've seen what I don't. I'm not going to be breaking any news here about Alshon Jeffrey and Roddy White. Sure looked like he slowed down to me uh, this year. I know he came on strong here in the last couple of weeks, but handsome, you agree with that? I do agree. Yeah, I think those two are the best. So then that the leads me to this, and this is the question that we'll wrap it up on. I want to cobble together the list of. 21st century immutable facts about sports that are unchanging. One, the Cowboys will always go eight and eight. I mean, that seems to be the way it is now forever. They will always, <laughs> there will always be melodrama that winds up in eight and eight. The Philadelphia Flyers will never get a goalie. These are the things I want to get, uh, want to do. Do you rank as the resident Bears fan? feel that one of those should be that the Bears will never get a great starting quarterback, or will Jay Cutler sign a new deal and be their guy for the, whatever, foreseeable future? Jay Cutler's coming back. Do you think so? I don't think so. I think the Texans are going to chase him. They wouldn't have. I think the Titans are going to chase him. They put him back up. the Jets would as well. If the Bengals lose this weekend, the Bengals are going to chase him. Matt Money Smith was the first to float that idea, and I think that's a a keen What about the Birds? Would they take? That's another great one, Carson Palmer's got to retire. He's not the long-term But this comes back to the same thing. Like, if you're the Bears, same as I was saying about the Browns, if you're the Bears, why you have to know that you're going – if we're going to let Jay Cutler go – the only reason we would do it is if we know that we're going to bring in someone probably better, and if not better, 
cheaper who the, who we can develop into. That's being the better. point. Are they going to are they going to pay? Are the Bears going to pay Jay Cutler eighteen or nineteen million dollars, which is what it's going to take? They're going to pay him that kind of money. You do that and screw it up, your team is screwed up for the next few but, uh, years. You know, you know who would be inter- who would be a lot of fun for the Bears because he's got a he's got a history of running around and lobbing it up to big receivers like Mike Evans. Yep. Put Johnny Football back there. Could you Johnny Football extending plays and then just lobbing it up for Marshall and Jeffrey? EH, that brings a, it reminds me of something I wanted to say. It, the Houston Texans once had a shot at Vince Young. History has proven that they made the right call with Mario Williams, um, even though he's obviously not been there for a couple years. Maybe Reggie Bush, if he put him in the right spot. But the but the point is, a lot of people in the state of Texas wanted Vince Young, and that does mean pressure. When you bring the local boy in, that, that there's extra heat on you, and that's not a good mix. But for the story of it, nobody cares about I mean, I, I, Forgive me, Houston Texans fans, but in the grand scheme, you're not the most... Uh, uh, Sexy juicy, franchise. Yeah, you're not yeah. the juiciest team. People don't think, I'd love to see the Texans get to the Super Bowl um, once you get outside of X's and O's. I'm talking about storylines and such. Don't they have to take Johnny football? Isn't that the right thing to do in Texas? You're from Texas. What would be cooler than an A&M kid playing for the Cowboys? I mean, for the Cowboys, for the Texans. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're a little regionally <laughs> off. Uh, look, I get your point, but... I, I think a team like the Texans knows that they're – I think they're smart. They know that they're not going to be the sexiest franchise because they're the newest franchise, and that's the way it goes. And how do you become sexy? You become sexy by – Drafting stringing, Johnny Football. No, by stringing together winning seasons. And I don't think drafting Johnny Football, who could get hurt in his sixth pro game, uh, makes the most sense. I, I really don't. So you as a, so the Houston Texans, and we'll leave it at this. The Houston Texans, and then I I promise on the next podcast this week, which we won't do on Wednesday because it's New Year's Day, we'll do it on Thursday, so look for that. And we'll look ahead to all the the, uh, keen wild card games and all the scenarios that we may or may not see over the course of the next three, four weeks. But in the meantime, Houston Texans have the first overall pick. Rank, what are you doing with it? Hmm. You could trade it too. Nah, this is a team. What? I bet you know. I would. I would go through and I would look at the uh, the two defensive guys who are coming out, Tony Barr and Clowney. Figure out which one of those guys fits the scheme better. Really, I, the I would, defense uh, ain't the problem. I would load up the. But defense. wouldn't that be fun to see JJ Watt and Clowney? Presuming yes, Clowney can it would become, be. I, could you imagine? Then, then you can still sell the Texans. Uh, you know, what are the Texans? What's the what's the what's the definition of the Houston Texans? And that is their defense. their identity is all about defense, getting after people. You could then then you can be something rather than be the, an anonymous. So you so that's your answer as well. I, I think that will, I think that's cool. Find our quarterback in the second or second or yeah. third round. Well, I mean, uh, to me, again, I think the uh, he's a really interesting thing. Peyton Manning, all that chase for him a little while ago. Um, I think Jay Cutler is is a guy who I, you know he, all the talk was always oh if he ever had an offensive line. Now for him though, if aside from the amount of money he might make, if he cares about, and I don't expect any NFL football player to care. That much about winning because it really is. I, the, I hate the cliche about business, but these guys really do get that they're playing for their family's future and all that kind of stuff. But if you were doing it purely on football uh, uh, for football reasons, you if you're Jay Cutler, you could not walk away from the Bears. Well, to your to what we say, Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall are your guys. You'll, you should light up the league forever if you get a little bit of defense. You can you can start to rule the the NFC North. The number two scoring team behind the Broncos. 
this year. Yep. Right. Is that and you've right? got a and yes. you've got a coach who's good at dev- everything points to me towards him stay. Yeah. I mean, he would he should want to stay. Yeah. I mean, the only the only possible if you look at the teams who could use a quarterback, the only and that's if Carson Palmer's leaving would the only situation I would look at, I would look at Arizona and say I could play for Bruce Arians. You have Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, Dre Ellington, all those guys, a lot of nice pieces, great defense. That's a team that you could go in and immediately be, well, they're already a playoff contender. That's a 10-win team. You'd be trading off, you know, your 8-win team for a 10-win team. That's the only team I would even consider. I would want, of all the jobs uh, to, that I, that are available, I would want that Lions gig, uh, Jim Schwartz. As a head coach, Elliot and I were both spot on with the Browns. Yep. That's the job you want. That's, really? That's the one I would want. You make the Browns a winner, you're a legend. Yep. And oh, that's a good point. I'm thinking Lombardi. more of the immediate pieces. <laughs> What'd you say? You get to work with Michael Lombardi. <laughs> Do you guys think that Lovey Smith will go to Houston? Uh, well, it sounds like Bill O'Brien's going there. But, again, back to what I said uh, 10 minutes ago, I don't think the Browns would have just fired Chud if they didn't think we better act and act quick to get I, somebody, and I don't know who that so is. I'm I just think Lovey Smith goes to Tampa. Okay. I think Bill O'Brien ends up in Houston. Okay. That's all. I think, I think, and I think Josh McDaniels goes to Cleveland. I'll There's three you know, of those vacancies. Well, three if I were, if I were the, if I were the Lions, I would, you know, I think there, there are a lot of names that would, because they're not far away. And, and to the point about, it's hard to say, I, I would want the, I would want a defensive genius if I had a stud QB and vice versa. Well, the Lions do have a stud QB and they have the best non QB in the NFL and Calvin Johnson. And then on the other hand, you have the, good but not as dominant as it should be front four there i feel like yeah i mean I, I, the larger point that yeah you would be the hero for all of time in that in in the losingest of losing cities but if you go to detroit i feel like uh, if if you're a capable coach that should be a dominant team right i mean who are they losing free ag- in free agency in the off season and they have a chance to to improve ever so slightly on their on their weaknesses the defense isn't i mean they, they need help on the back end and so and they need a second wide receiver it's, but from a football perspective i see your point but from a wanting to prove yourself going to cleveland they still got josh gordon they've still got a pretty nice uh joe thomas and jordan cameron yeah and they got a nice defense you know what i would i would put out i'd pull out a purple gingham shirt <coughs> i'd bring jim gray to my press conference and i would announce that we're going to be bringing a bunch of championships to cleveland all right see you know what i would like to say about studio 66 today i think there were a bunch of professionals in here yep people showed up was it easy to do today's show? No. Nope. No. In fact, it was quite difficult. It was very easy to do today's show. Who wants show? to talk it about football on you. a day like today, you creep? I mean, the day was kind of named after me, in a sense. That's and true. it is, you know, yeah. it does have a lot to do with firing, which, Black you know. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got. So, I mean, did, it's a great we day. Got for how, you as well. How did Black Tie survive Black Monday? Yeah. That's the in biggest In a way, upset. it really does. It's not just the name. Uh, it's not just the name that makes sense. It really is. In honor of Black Tie, who takes more days off than anybody on the face of the earth, here, head coaches, take some time off take indefinitely. Time off. That's kind of like that. Is it like true that. that you're calling a press conference after this to, uh, to maybe address the producer <laughs> Why job? can't? Speaking <laughs> of, speaking of off days, uh, remember. I don't think get... it's appropriate to, to yeah. have those conversations till I have an opportunity to meet with my coaches and players. Right. That's what that's what guys who are about to Which, fire people say. Which, in this say. case, would happen to be me. Yeah. Well, either way, speaking of <laughs> Thursday's show previewing the playoff games you can join the show hashtag ddfp i would not be a part of that show because i'll be taking another off day 
Is that but, true? Yes. What? Yes. Oh, Has goodness. Black Tie seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I Not have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I have. So we have to wrap. No time for the music, but I have. It was a fun. I actually watched that on a day off. I didn't go to school that day, and I watched it. it Did you great. watch The Godfather yet? Not yet, no. It's been on. Yeah. yeah. They had a marathon the other night. I, I watched love, part of it. I love that Black Tie starts, jan- starts the new year off. Exactly. I mean, I love that. No New Year's resolution. Same old resolution. Take as many days away from from. Uh, football. I don't do the whole yearly thing. Like, why should I? Why should my life be defined by years? Well, maybe it's... it should be defined by the football <laughs> season. Since years. you're employed by the NFL, shouldn't you be focused on the prime time, which is the playoffs? But no, you're no, taking there's a day a, off. There's a Thunder Mavericks game on at like 6.30. <laughs> and Chelsea's playing Liverpool, too. Don't forget about that. Oh, he, has to be, he has to have his rest. Uh, I don't even know if that's true. I'm sure I'll get emails about telling me that those two. You Rubbish! They have, they played two fortnights ago. It was 2-0. <laughs> um, all right. Enough's enough. It's time to end this thing. It's already ended for all of our teams. But you're all courageous for carrying on and continuing to keep the keen analysis going as we go into the wild card round and beyond. Thanks to AJ Hawk. We wish him uh, all the best. EH, best of wishes to uh, your Cowboys as they strive for 8-8. Eight and eight Thank you, sir. 2014. <laughs> Handsome. Hope yep. you can... Uh, Just real quick, guys. I was going to do a blacklist, but that didn't happen because Damashek sort of derailed that. Real quick, around the room. By around- talking on... Around the room. What's this is happening? one of the, this Wait, what's is, happening now? This is one of the questions. It's around the room. Which non playoff team is your lock for the postseason next year? Oh, uh, that's an easy one. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I really gosh. do think the Steelers. I, I, I'm oh, not quickly. Jo- Rank it's on you. Did yes. I say? Did I say eight and eight for the Steelers this year? <laughs> By the way, am I going to get my points for that? I said eight and eight in the, before the season. I said they would do that again, and that's what they did. I said they're not a playoff team, so Clowny, I'm not a homer. Clowny. Clowny. Right. That's right. I would like them to be you in the playoffs, and so what? But the, the Steelers, like the Steelers the do have some do do have a nice little foundation going, and Ben Roethlisberger coming back after what is arguably his best season. But as I've said before, you can use the adverb "arguably" in front of anything. It doesn't mean there's any merit in it. We can argue anything. We can argue that the best food in the world is yeah. is, this, is this microphone. High here. school football. It doesn't nachos. mean there's merit mm. to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best food in the world? High school football I nachos. Might go, I might go baby back ribs with some really good spicy barbecue sauce. Or a steak. I don't know. Conversation Ta- for another time. Tacos. <laughs> no, no, no. What are we talking? I don't know. What teams go into the playoffs that didn't go this year? Oh, Bears. EH? Houston Texans. Ah. Detroit Lions with Mike Zimmer as the head coach. Ah, I like that. Ah, yeah, Mike Zimmer. Mike I like Z- that. Oh, what I was going to say was, is Mike Shanahan. If he doesn't take a year off, that's a good fit there, right? I wouldn't hire him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want point. him either, but I'm telling you, that's a good hire with I mean, that just, quarterback. That, nah. that, nothing against him, Zimmer, but why, why? Zimmer gets that defense motivated. I'm, that's, I'm in on that one as well. I love the Mike Zimmer call. All right, that's enough. All right, Black Tie, go watch a movie. Go have a good rest of the week off. <laughs> You're off? You were off for Christmas. The whole last week you were off. We did There's the check- much else to do here, but call it a day. Yeah, you know what? I agree. Again. We're going to shut. <laughs> That's it. Elliot Harrison, Handsome Hank, and Adam Rank will all go off into our respective corners and lick our wounds and uh, and hope for better days ahead. Best wishes to all your teams if they're still available uh, or still uh, eligible to win the Super Bowl. And uh, look for the Sheck Report, a new NFL. 
Uh, Elliot and Rank, got anything coming up on the site uh, that people should be on the lookout for? Um, sure. Yes? I don't Ellie? know what it is. But Adam's doing, uh, the, power Adam's doing a pick six on Friday, the best 49ers-Packers games in NFL history. Is that Excellent. right? Well, there have been a lot of those. There have awesome. been a lot of those. Hey, very final, cool. final power rankings of the uh, regular season, you know, where everybody f- ends up. For 2013 is out so. These are on your Tuesday. predictions for the postseason as well. Uh, no p- game picks will be later in the week. But uh, I went 15 and one last week. By the way, the one one wow game week I 17 lost. one game I lost. Take Miami a wild Dolphins. guess, Miami. Every time I put faith in them, I was going to tweet at you and I forgot. All right, see now that's impressive. See now that deserves a lot of promotion. Oh, I've had bad weeks. I've had. Bad you know what weeks. deserves a lot of promotion too? What the fact that like the like the fans picked. I did win a pick'em league for the regular season anyway. For the reg- they, that's that's now, great. We you still got playoffs to pick. I, Way I, to go, Peyton. Yeah, I'm not gonna, exactly. yeah, that's right. I'm not going to shoot him down on that one. That is good. You did beat everybody. Jack, uh, you came in second. You made a strong guy. Uh, you made a strong did he? push. I, to- I told yep. you I would do that. What? But I told you I would make a good late season push because I'm like Neo. I download the material. I can't do anything with speculation. Once we get into it, though. I, the king of speculation. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I, I want to go home and forget about football for a little while. I'm going to go. I, I mean, listen. Are there going to be some restless nights for you guys coming up here? If you're the fan, if you're a fan like me, did I wake up legitimately at three forty-eight this morning and lay in bed for over an hour, honestly, as a grown man with children, with a full what I would like to consider about as full a life as a as a schnook like me could wish for? Did I lay in bed and 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 lament Ryan Suckup and those two bad calls? Yes, I did. Do I expect to do it again tonight? Yes, I do. That's what it takes when you when you decide to be a fan. Enough! I want to stop talking. I'm going to go vomit. Now, I'm going to go eat a Honeycrisp apple and make myself feel better. The 2013 Fruit of the Year. We'll be back later in the week to kibitz about the wild card games. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. Been a very You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 